And I will be in the book of Psalms, and uh, I'm going to the last Psalm, 150. This is the high symbol of praise. This is when the big symbol comes together at the end of the book of Psalms, giving God with the loud symbols a shout and a praise to God with the high-sounding symbols. And this message will be a little different than most uh, sermons that I preach. Um, in keeping with Josh's dynamic preaching in Psalms, I'm going to take the easiest one to preach so before he steals it from me. But it's not just the easiest, it's probably the most incredible uh, psalm showing us that God loves excitement. And that's what I'm preaching on tonight. God loves excitement. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. I'm going to read Psalm 150 backwards. I'm going to read from 6 up to verse 1. So Sister Julie on the sound room, the technician back there will run the computer backwards. Verse 6, we'll read, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Praise him with the timbrel and a dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with psaltery and a harp. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. <clears throat> I want to use for a subject tonight, of course, I already told you, God loves excitement. That's why uh, things in the earthly realm of amusements draws a crowd because we love excitement as well. So you may be seated, and we're going to look at some things tonight that, I'll, that I believe will help you. Verse 6 says, we're going backwards, God loves life. How many would agree that God loves life? The Bible says in verse 6, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Now, if you've been out of breath for very long at all, you know that, that being able to breathe is a big deal. Hello? And when I think about let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, it takes me back to Genesis when man first got his breath. In chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says that the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. It's like God just blew up man with his breath, and he says, now I want some of that breath back. I filled you up with joy, would you give me praise back? I filled you with life, I want you to give me worship back. He breathes into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, and he becomes a living soul. Meaning a living soul that knows God, that wants to serve God, that honors God. And God says, I imparted to you life, now I want your life back. I want, you know, I, I give you breath and, I, and let everything that had breath praise the Lord. Isn't that a good verse to hook with Genesis 2-7? 
that God gave us breath and we ought to give God praise. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. I love that. Because God loves life. Verse six says that everything that has breath to praise God or praise the Lord. And again, he says, praise ye the Lord. I'm reminded of what Jesus said concerning the devil. In John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have what? Life and life more abundantly. Isn't that beautiful? And so no wonder Psalm 150 is the high sounding symbols. It's the greatest exaltation of God. As we begin to sing and praise the Lord and magnify God. God loves excitement. That's why there's so much excitement in this Bible. That's why where Jesus, wherever Jesus went, there was excitement. In fact, the book of Revelation says that, well, th there was some kind of loud in Revelation. It was noisy. A lot of praising in the book of Revelation. I want you to notice that God is not a God that is operating in a dentist's waiting room. There's no teeth to be pulled. God is not a God of where everybody is just kind of quiet and hush, hush. In fact, the Bible says he's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. And so God loves excitement. He loves life. I love life. How many of you love life? And I, I'm so glad that I'm saved. I'm glad that I'm going to heaven. And I'm glad that the life I have now, there's an extension forever with my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Now, you ought to be shouting, but now. The Lord loves life. I, you know, I can't emphasize that too strong. The second thing I want to point out is the Lord loves excitement. That's what I began the message with, the title. But notice in verse 5, it says, Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. The Lord loves excitement. Wherever there's excitement, there's noise. And the more excitement, the louder the noise is. In fact, every child that Judy and I received when they were born was a loud situation. And I was so happy they were loud because that tells me they were born alive. Took them home and we said, shut up. You know what I'm talking about. But it's a beautiful thing. The louder it gets, the louder the factory, the more merchandise, the more product. The louder the, the uh, place, unless you're playing golf or bowling or something like that where you gotta be quiet. I don't want to do anything you gotta be quiet at. I want to be able to talk. That's why I don't like libraries. Because I don't want, you know, and I don't actually. They ask me to leave usually. But anyway, but I do like, and God likes excitement. I'm going to say some things tonight that um, people misunderstand about church, about the worship of God. I love the fact that we have drums. I, you know what? I'm calling this sound room the freedom room. That's the freedom room. 
That's not the freedom for you and I. That's the freedom for our drummer. That's the freedom room. Uh, the freedom room. Remember that. You to play the drums. Remember that's the freedom room. Because you know you could you could put a set of drums up here and and put rubber boots on the drummer. Put a heavy coat on the drummer. Put a soft cap on the drummer. Put welding gloves on the drummer. Ten gallon hat on top of the drummer. Pillows all over the drums. And then you give him two sticks and says, make a noise. I'm afraid that churches sometimes are guilty of that. Because, you know, we, we got the sound room, the freedom room, so that the drummer can be free to drum. Can be free to move. Be free to express himself. Because as he worships God there, we get to hear the beauty of that worship in here. I'll say something else. This whole building, this whole auditorium is a freedom room. I said it, it is. It's a freedom room. It's a freedom from stress. It's a freedom from, from the burdens of life. It's a freedom from doubt and unbelief. It's a freedom from from anxiety, it's a, free, it's, a, it's a refuge. This whole room, this auditorium is a freedom room. And we don't wanna hold it back because of some kind of rules that we put on ourselves. Why is it we can be extremely loud at a political rally? We can be extremely loud at a sports event. We can be extremely loud, uh, uh, very loud at other activities. But then when we come to church, it's almost like, shh. Now, it's not that way in this church because I've had some people panic and leave because we were too loud. The truth is, we're not too loud. We probably should be louder. You say, well, you know, preacher, you don't want it too loud because you can't, you can't hear anyway half of you. Amen. You know, there's always the skeptic. There's always that person that wants to criticize someone. And, and by the way, God likes excitement. He loves excitement. Read the book of Revelation. He loves excitement. God loves for us to be excited about his life and about his blessings, about his goodness. Amen? We bought this sound room, the, the freedom room. We got the freedom room. So our drummer can go in there, shut the door, and just, you know, have a time at it, just like he's in a hamster cage. And we hear all the noise of the drumming and the, I mean, you know, that's a blessing, amen? I said, that's a blessing. But there are people that, you know, there are churches that put that bondage on preachers. And they hold the preacher back from what he should say. And there are those that put that bondage on song leaders and hold the music back. Now, we don't come to church to be tormented, but we do come to church to be refreshed. And that's why we have the soundboard. That's why we're working everything out so that we can come to church and we can have a spell and not get hurt in the process. Amen? I bought, well, I say I bought, we bought at the church and we did it through a business meeting. I didn't just go out and buy it. We bought this drum freedom room. We got a freedom room. 
And then just turn loose and play, and it doesn't, you know, just, we enjoy it. Amen? But someone, we put a picture of the drum, the Freedom Room, on Facebook just to show our church what we had, and somebody decided that they would criticize us because of what we bought. Now, I don't care whether he's listening or probably isn't, but this is, this is his quote. This is what he wrote to our church, referring to the sound booth and the drums. This is not cool. What about the community outreach program? You have a lot of children in the immediate neighborhoods around the church. What about helping them to Sunday school? No one cares about having a rock concert every Sunday. I responded. Here's my response. You sound a lot like Judas Iscariot. Isn't that true? Oh, I said a few other things, but I'll not. I'll refrain myself. I will not embarrass or cause myself to blush over this issue. As you can tell, I blush a great deal. Oh, I did close my little statement. I have no more pearls to cast at your feet. Just send me a text, I dare you. But you know, we think about church and we think about how God can use each one of us to worship him. And if we're going to be, um, what would I say? If we're going to be obedient to God, everything that hath breath must praise him. If we're going to be obedient to God, we will praise him with a loud sounding cymbals. We will worship him and praise him and magnify him because God loves excitement. Isn't that good? God loves excitement. Not only does God love life and God loves excitement, verse 5 it says, Praise him with the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. But God also loves music. God loves music. He loves the preaching of his word because the Bible says he, he magnifies his word above his name. So God loves his word. He loves preaching. And so he also loves music. Look at verse four and three. Praise him with the timbrel and a dance. Praise him with a stringed instrument and organs. Verse three, praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise him with a psaltery and a harp. Now, psaltery is just like a dulcimer or some kind of stringed instrument. Harp, same way, a more. The, the dulcimer is the radical stringed instrument. The harp is a soothing instrument. But they had stringed instruments. You say, oh, how about the drum? The preacher here in Psalm 150, 
It doesn't talk about the drum, but it does talk about symbols and high-sounding symbols. And that is including the drum. But I want to point out that it uses the phrase, praise him with the timbrel, and the timbrel and a dance. Now, do you think it's wrong to dance? It's wrong for some people. I've saw them. Be wrong for me. But I think if someone, I don't think this dance is getting up and showing out in front of the congregation. I believe this dance is literally ecstatic with joy. And your feet is praising and you're dancing, you're worshiping the Lord. I don't think it is a pretty show. We're not, you know, we're not being the light. That, you know, we're not wanting to show out or be show-offs. We just, God has touched us and moved upon us and, and that's a dance. Now the timbrel, you find the first mentions of it in Exodus chapter, I think it's 15. And remember when God brought them out of Egypt, they went across the Red Sea on dry ground. And when they got to the other side, Miriam, the sister of Moses, and others began to play the timbrel. The timbrel, and they danced, and they praised God, and they sung the song of Moses. A timbrel is a tambourine. But it's not just a tambourine, it's got a drum on it. It's the handheld drum. So if you think a drum in a sound booth is bad, let a bunch of people standing beside you with a handheld drum. That's a timbrel. Praising God, giving God glory. Amen? We had some kids come in with a tambourine one time when we was down on the square. We literally had to take them away from them because you couldn't, you couldn't I mean, they were just making noise. And then I thought, that's awful. The children just making noise. And, I, and then we had a lady come in and she thought she could really play it. And she was grown. We had to take it away from her too. <laughs> but if you think, you know, if you have a feeling that drums is not adequate or you shouldn't have drums, you need to understand that God has always had strings and instruments and organs and uh, the dancing, the timbre and the dance. God loves music. Let me say that again. God loves music. God loves music about his power. God loves music about his son. God loves music about deliverance that he gives. God loves music about how awesome and his mighty works are. God loves music about just worshiping and talking to him and loving him. I don't think God's too impressed with show music. You say, what is show music? It's when you're singing to the people and you're not singing to God. It's when you're trying to impress somebody. Obviously, I'd have quit preaching a long time ago if I was in the process of trying to impress anybody. Because I am not very, well, yeah, I do impress people, but it's the other direction. Amen? That's a bad place to put an amen anyway, but, you know, I, I, I want to shout and holler, but I know better. But I want you to notice as you read this backwards, God loves life, verse 6. God loves excitement. 
verse 5. God loves music, verse 4 and 3. And God loves praise, verse 1 through 3. Verse 3 through 1, God loves praise. God loves you to praise him and magnify him. And he loves for you to praise him, not only quietly, but also loud. He wants you to give God glory. When I read the book of Revelation, I know that God has to give them glorified bodies in order to take the noise and the volume that I read in the book of Revelation. I know when the early church began to praise God, it probably sounded like many waters. The church began to sing, began to worship. And, and the singing was different in the early, I'm talking about the early, early mark of the church, the music was different. They sung psalms. They sung Psalm 150, other psalms. They sang love songs to God, making melody in their heart unto the Lord. They worshiped God. As time went on, Great hymnals were written, beautiful hymnals. You get a hold of a, a hymnal that has lasted hundreds of years, and those hymnals are usually, were almost always, not every, not every time, but almost always birthed out of a great tragedy in someone's life. A song, a song to worship the Lord, and God loves Singing. He loves music. He loves singing. He doesn't want to be wearied with it in the fact that we just do it because we want to be heard or do. He wants us to connect with him. And he wants us to worship him. Amen. I tease people all the time. I sing so bad that I was singing in the shower. Judy came to see if I'd fallen. I said, nope, I'm okay. And someone says, well, you don't, have to be, you don't have to sound good. You just have to make a joyful noise. If you've heard me sing, it's not joyful. So I said, I was singing one time. The Lord said, I'll make a deal with you. I'll sing to you. And you listen. Well, that's scriptural. The Lord sings to us. He worships us. He, he ministers to us. He gives us worship and praise. Now, I'm not opposed to someone singing and worshiping the Lord. But what I want to say this, there's a reason they don't let everybody sing at the Grand Ole Opry. There's a reason they don't let everybody sing at the high church. And let me tell you, friends, we need to understand our place. I understand my place, and it's not in singing. Amen? I knew a lady one time, she couldn't sing at all. She was a horrible singer. And she'd get up and sing and just begin to sing. And oh man, I tell you what, I just wanted to reach in and pull my eardrums out. It was so horrific. Now, you don't know the church and you don't know the person. And if the person's watching, you don't know it. I'm talking about you anyway. But horrible. And and she couldn't sing, but she had a demeanor about her, a love for Jesus, that as she began to sing, there was a connection. In the middle of the song, it was just like a transformation. In the middle of the song, it went from horrific to terrific. 
It was the anointing. It's important that we understand that the anointing, not the anointing, the anointing is what's important in music. Singing to the Lord, worshiping God. I'm not going to keep you much longer because I've already longed you enough. But I do want to mention that God loves praise, and I want to show you what he talks about in verse 3. Praise him with the sound of a trumpet. I mean, you know, a trumpet's pretty loud. Praise him with psaltery, that's a stringed instrument, a harp. We mentioned that a while ago. Verse 2, praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. That's pretty awesome. Praise him. You can do that in just voice, worshiping the Lord in prayer and praise. You can do that in song. You can do that in many ways, praising for his mighty acts. Now, the, the, the first verse of Psalm 150 is probably the verse that has really spoke to me deep. The first verse speaks to me incredibly deep. Because it says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Well, we could call this the sanctuary, or you can call the temple the sanctuary, or the tabernacle the sanctuary, but wait a minute, also, our bodies as a sanctuary. As Christians, we are a sanctuary, we're a temple of the Spirit of God. So we're to praise him in the sanctuary, meaning that it doesn't always have to have volume but it has to have the in-tuneness, the, the rhythm in our heart, making worship and melody unto the Lord. So, you know, they praise God, worship God, praise God in the tabernacle, in the temple. In fact, God, God was so crazy about music that he told King Hezekiah, just send your singers out in front of a battle and let them sing. And let your soldiers come in behind them, but let the singers go forward. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, oh man, if that happened today, all the singers would be assassinated. But they went out singing and praising the Lord. And God didn't even let those soldiers fight. The battle was the Lord's. You don't need to fight the battle, for the battle is the Lord's. It's our place and our privilege to worship the Lord. Now, notice it says, praise him, praise God in the sanctuary, and praise him in the firmament of his power. Now, someone will say, what is the firmament of his power? Well, I guess to put it in plain vanilla, you could say like this, praise him in the church, praise him in the tabernacle, praise him in your heart, but praise him when you find yourself not inside. Praise him in the inside. Praise him on the outside. The firmament is outside. So we praise him when we're on the inside of joy, on the inside of safety. We praise him when we're on the inside of God's blessing. But when we find ourselves on the outside, and the firmament is not always gentle and kind and friendly, we praise him on the outside too. We praise him in the storm. We praise him in the darkness. We praise him in the tribulation. We praise him in the heartbreaks. We praise him because in the firmament of his power. 
See, we're never alone in the firmament without his power. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Let's get this straight. God made the firmament. Let's get this straight. God made the atmosphere. Let's get this straight. God made everything and everything, storms and hurricanes and tribulation. And God made it all. Everything. God made everything. And God tells us you're to praise him in the firmament of his power. If you find yourself outside, praise him anyway. Doc Moody used to say, praise the Lord anyhow. Amen. I miss Doc Moody. He had a radical salvation. He gave his heart to Jesus Christ. He loved God so much. <coughs> and he was pretty ornery before he got saved. And God just transformed his life. And one of his famous quotes was, when something would go wrong, if he'd drop a CD or drop something working in the media room, he'd say, stupid devil. That's his favorite statement. We even made a portrait of him in the back. You can look in the tape room. It's not him, but it's a stupid devil, and there's there's CDs falling on the floor. But I remember Doc would always say, praise God anyhow. You know, if you're not in his sanctuary, you find yourself on the outside. Praise God anyhow. Stand with me. Isn't that a good psalm?